0: Welcome to the Divine Download Friends, a place where we share stories of how ordinary people manifested extraordinary lives. I'm your host, life transformative coach Rona Lalazzari, and on this podcast, expect to learn from creators of incredibly real magic and also experts on the field in manifestation, law of attraction, and simply get together to learn the tools on how we can all download our greatest divine gifts and live lives that we can't wait to wake up for. Get ready to meet your Best self. Zibby Owens is our very own champion of all that is good in the world. She is the award winning author and podcaster, entrepreneur, and CEO. She has founded Zibby Media, a privately held media company, in 2018 with her winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Guys, she's changing the game for how we connect with books and with each other. Her company has since grown to include a publishing house, Zibby Books magazine the zippy mag and the podcast network zippy audio not to mention the educational platform including zippy classes and community events she was celebrated as new york's most powerful book fluencer by new york magazine and is a regular contributor to good morning america and other broadcast outlets she is an author of a book called bookends a memoir of love loss and literature a children's book for princess charming and editor of two anthologies She's a graduate of Yale and Harvard Business School. She lives in New York with her husband and four children. Guys, she's the real deal. She's our superhero, and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. So I just want to say, you know, something that is so intriguing about you and that speaks to me so deeply is that, you know, there are values from the past that are just kind of slipping away and things that we hold so dear and held so dear that this new generation, unfortunately, is losing. And one of the things that I love about what you do, Zibi, is that you're holding on to a value of reading and a pastime that brought so much joy and brings so much joy amongst so many. And you are our champion for (laughs) for making sure that doesn't go away. And I just want to honor you and share the space with you in that regard, because it is a daunting task to do. And I I just, I
1: really honor you for that. Thank you. Um, I get so much joy out of reading myself and there's a, there are a lot of things falling by the wayside these days as as we all get so caught up in our phones and everything else and um you know you have to be really focused on on making sure to keep the things that you love in your life <clears throat> because it's so easy just to neglect them in so many ways so
0: right, right. just like going back to the basics you know and it's like those are the moments of joy, those are the moments of gratitude when we can pause. And I think reading, and I'm sure that's one of the things that you you connect with it so deeply is that it allows us that pause. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just I value that so much. And you know, it's funny, I came across your work through Melody Godfred, who's a good friend of mine who I had on the podcast. She, I call her the the you know, the fairy godmother of self-love. And I saw that you guys linked up at some point and you know, finding women in this space, I think, were you right? You, I
1: think you put one of her books up on your list. Yeah. Right? I actually thought it might've been right here, but maybe I moved it, but uh, for a long time, they were right, right there. <laughs> uh, yes.
0: That's uh, neat. That's neat. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it was interesting because when I asked you to come on the show, you were having your like, OMG moment because you were featured in LA times. And I saw you posted this piece about, you know, how you're you're making these headlines and i was like oh my gosh this is my omg day because dibby's coming on my show yes. so we both had it in our own <laughs> world and you were my omg moment i just want to know i want you to know so thank you again and you know i'd love to know you have so much going on you have the podcast you have the writing you have the your own publishing um the book that your bookstore that you opened up tell me about what speaks to you the most and how are you able to do it all
1: how am i able able to do it all i find that everything i add to the pile gives me more energy to do the other things so they feed off each other when i have a lot going on i do better so i don't mind adding things and um i have a great team now uh who helps and i can think of ideas and they can help but to be honest i am really just quick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I have a lot of ideas and then I've taught myself how to do everything associated with most of the things in the business and Mm -hmm. all the businesses. So that if I have an idea, like last night, I was doing an event for a friend's book. And I was like, in the bookstore, we should really have cards where people can talk about what they discovered. Mm
0: -hmm. Because
1: a big thing for me with the bookstore is discovery of different authors. And I was like, that would be really cool. If we had these little cards. Well, by six o'clock this morning, I had already designed it had it printed wow. and it'll arrive in the store in two days. Because if I think of something, I just do it. So I, I don't like put it on a list and try to get to it. I am always like. Conquering, like, you know, it's boom, 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 down. boom, Little, like I get an idea. I do it and uh, um, I don't know. That's just how right. how I do it.
0: Well, tell me what's your favorite thing, because I, I listen to your podcast and it sounds from that that is your absolute favorite thing to do is the conversations with the authors. Is that would
1: you say that's your top uh yeah i really love that i would be very i would be very very <clears throat> sad to not do that anymore um but i yeah i like all of the things but yes i i think talking to authors reading books evaluating which books to cover all of that is a crucial piece of the whole puzzle and i love making new connections you know you're saying like that you were excited that I agreed to come on your podcast, but I still like today, James Stewart agreed to come on my podcast and Kirst, Curtis Sittenfeld. And they are two of the people on my original list five years ago that I was like, I hope at one point I could finally, you know, I can, you know, so I still get like so excited about that too. I'm still out there trying to get people on my podcast and, um, reaching for, you know, maybe my, uh, my super high goals are now more achievable, but, um, Anyway, I completely relate to what you're saying. I love
0: that. You are so humble. It's so funny because I'll read about you and then I'll hear you talk. And I'm like, I can't believe this is the same person because there's just such a humility to you that you're like, but she's my best friend across the street. Like, what do you mean? And then you read how incredibly successful you are, how much, like you said, you put an idea into action and it flies and it is like i'm just trying to like fit you into this category that i don't even know exists where you really are like this superwoman yet like not. my <laughs> best friend across the street so hopefully one day we can <laughs> live across the street but you really i want you to know you really in people's minds because it's so hard when we're in the position to actually see ourselves right cuz you we can't stop right and there is something you should know that you have achieved which is so unique where you can play those roles both equally where I'm, you know, starstruck by you. But I'm also like, hey, Zibby, come over. I made the best latte. You got to try it. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> I would totally come over. And if I had time today, I would run over for your latte. Oh, if you my gave God. me some chocolate it, alongside it. it Well, I I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel like I am super successful. I just feel like I keep adding more and more things and I'm still like trying to prove myself and trying to Mm. prove the different concepts and, um, making sure things don't go wrong. And I'm, I'm in it. Like, so I don't feel like I'm coasting and I've been, you know, I know I've started a lot of things, but, um, you know, I, I really am like, you know, I, I love talking to people and connecting to people. And just because I keep adding things I've realized now that maybe I do have more capacity than, than mm-hmm. some other people, mm-hmm. like, which I don't even think I was aware of until recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, cause I sometimes get frustrated
0: mm-hmm.
1: when I, you know, like I understand anyway. Yeah. I, I but I- Yes. I'm 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 happy pursuing all the things, and um, but the idea that you would be starstruck is like by me. You don't get it. It's ridiculous. It. I, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And you know what I think. <laughs> and God, I'm not just I saying just, that.
0: <laughs> show you? Because I think God is like, listen. If she really knows who she is, I mean, we're gonna have problems. She might just be comfortable. So God's like, you're not gonna know Zivi, until like you know you need to know. But keep going because you need to do some work in this world. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Tell me if you I, believe in that idea, like a mission, a purpose, higher calling. You know, the show is yes. called The Divine Calling, The Divine Download. Um, talk to me about that. What's what's your lingo with the divine and how do you feel your purpose is really transpiring through your work?
1: I do totally believe in that. And the other day on my way to LA to open the bookstore, I was busy, you know, on FaceTime with everybody in the store and texting and like rearranging the flow and doing all these things. And, um, and then we took off and we had the most horrific takeoff oh. ever. And I, it lasted like a good five minutes or so where I really thought that we were going to die. Like oh. I was crying my daughter sitting in the background. I was holding my daughter's hand so tightly. I couldn't even open my eyes. I was shaking everywhere. My heart was pounding. I started crying, Oh man. I, but I thought, and I said out loud, I was like, God is not going to let this happen to me. Mm. Like, not now, like I have too much to do. And that sounds ridiculous. You know, it sounds so, um, you know, of course God, you know, but I, I, I was like, I have too much to do. I can't, he like, that wouldn't make sense to me because I do believe I am doing a mission and getting people to read. It's not just the act of reading. It's the connections between the people that I really think is so important. And Mm people getting the stories that they need to hear at the right times and realizing the world is a little smaller than you think. And that underneath it all, we're all very, very similar. Um, and sometimes it takes opening a book for you to get to know the person who might be standing right next to you or Mm -hmm. sitting next to you on the subway or whatever, Mm -hmm. you could read their innermost thoughts and yet you wouldn't talk to them. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, I do believe that I have this purpose that I have found, um, I've always wanted to do something with like a lot of meaning and uh that helps a lot of people. And it took a while to figure out the best course for that, but yes, I I I mean, do I believe that God is making me think I'm not successful or something? No, you know, but um but I I do think that I have this like path in front of me and I, it keeps just unspooling and it seems so clear to me what comes next. And wow. um, I'm like in some sort of flow moment yeah. of sorts. Yeah. So I'm just like riding it out. Yeah, you're plugged in. You're plugged into that higher purpose for sure.
0: Tell me when you got that aha moment. Was there a moment that you could say where you're like, okay,
1: I'm downloading this. I get I get it. I get what I'm here for. Um, I really think it was when I started the podcast. Mm um it might have been well no maybe it's before that i've when i okay when i was 14 i wrote this article when i had gained a bunch of weight after my parents divorce, and i had been like sort of struggling with body image and all of that and i wrote this very personal piece when i was 14 that my mother encouraged me to send to a magazine which i did and they bought it cold and ran it when i was 16. and uh so many women girls girls wrote back in the comments that they ran a whole thing, like uh, an episode, an issue or two later with all the comments and letters. And they said they'd gotten more letters than they'd gotten Mm -hmm. for than so many other pieces. And I feel like that might've been when I was like, Oh, somehow when I share what I have to say, it helps people. Wow. So I think that was the first time.
0: Mm -hmm. And it, it brought purpose to the pain. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I didn't know that story about you. That's amazing. You know, a lot of what I read from you in the articles, your own essays are are so empowering in that I feel seen. So I can imagine what a 14-year-old at that point going through their struggles is like, wow, I'm not alone. And, you know, one of the pieces that I really resonated with was the one that you wrote about after 11 years going back to work, right? And, And realizing you still have something built up that you can offer the world. So I would love for you to speak to so many of my listeners are are moms, right. That are struggling with that, where they had their dreams and ambitions and it may have been put on pause and, you know, parenting and motherhood and all of that. And now they're at that juncture where you were. And I would love for you to, you know, speak to the moms here who are just like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I have anything to offer.
1: Well, Thank you for that opportunity because I feel very strongly about helping people in that situation because that was me like a hundred percent. And the me then would never believe where I've ended up here. Just, you know, five, six years later, um, I started really small. And that's what I would advise other people to do who are starting over or, trying something new or leaving, you know, stay at home motherhood and whatever. Um, I published a book last month called My What If Year by Alicia Fernandez Miranda through my publishing company and her advice is, well, not her advice, but what she did was took a, a year off and tried four internships mm-hmm. in fields that she always wanted to try. That's a That was more extreme than what I I did, <laughs> which is I I quietly started a podcast, like sitting on my bed, you know, and, and wanted to see how it all worked. But um, I think that the key for me was trying things and not being scared and not starting things with so much startup cost. I mean, it's it's not, it wasn't a big deal to, it's not a big deal to write something small, like an essay or a story. It's not a big deal to talk into your phone and have it be a podcast. Like these are not you know, we're not like manufacturing drugs, right? Like, it's not like we don't need a lot of startup capital or anything, but these little ways to get involved with things that you love surround yourself with a community. And then, and that's the only way to see opportunities. Like there's no other way. Like, let's say you love, you know, fashion, but that's never been your thing. Like there was a mom at pickup the other day and she always dresses so nicely. And I'm always like, oh, where did you get that? And then I'm often like on the pickup line ordering it while she's standing next to me. And like, sometimes I'll be like, see, you wearing your dress. So I was like, you need to start like a personal shopping business. And like, I would be a client and I could like help you market it to everybody else. And she's like, oh, I wouldn't even know where to start. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not that hard. Like you mm-hmm. get a client, the client tells another client, you put up a website, um, but to her, that was like overwhelming, you know? So yeah. she still hasn't done it, but I'm just like, you see it. See I it see it. And I, I think she could start small. Not that I always see what everybody should do, but mm. you know, she just viewed it as how she gets dressed every day. But mm-hmm. that that's a skill. I guess maybe it would help, you know, ask somebody a little impartial. Maybe she doesn't know that that's a, a real skill of hers and she's just like getting dressed and doesn't think twice about it. Maybe it takes somebody a little bit at a remove to see what's so special about you.
0: It's so interesting you say that one of the, I, so I do a, podcast, obviously. And I started with my car. So it, it was a car cast and I sit in this huge boat. I have an Escalade. I have three kids and 17 friends that they love bringing around every day. So I'm like, you know, I get my best thoughts in my car. I just do. The kids are out and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm in this like oasis locked up away and nobody can <laughs> penetrate my thoughts for like 20 minutes until I'm in the next destination. Right. And, it, and I just started recording myself and I was like, you know what? I'm going to post this one day. And it was really outside my comfort zone. And I was like, I'm just going to. And I was like, oh, okay. People actually resonate with what I'm saying. And the space that I created was a space that many identify with when you're in the car. You know, there's funny memes about the kid got out of the car and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just shut them out because you're just done. Um, But there is something kind of sacred in that space. And so one of the first videos that I posted that got so much attention, I'll send it to you. I'd love for you to watch it is what you are taking for granted is probably the biggest gift the world is. Yes. yes, yes, yes. comes so naturally. And yes. for you, you know, it's like this, but it comes so easy. I can write an essay, you know, in my sleep almost, or I can, like this lady, I can get dressed, you know, in three seconds, I have an outfit for a catwalk. But that is what we think is, it needs to be rock, you know, rocket science. It doesn't. In mm-hmm. fact, it's what comes to you naturally. So it, it's such a great point to just say, what, Is just like a natural thing that comes to you that you're probably taking for granted.
1: Yeah, like think about every compliment you've ever gotten from (laughs) the time you were a kid. Did anyone say you were a good painter? Mm. You know, did anyone say they liked your poetry? Did you anybody one person? Mm. Like Mm. go back. Somebody's. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. You know, something that I think women struggle with, and I love to know what you think, is I know that I can sense in your posts as well. There's this sense of wanting people to know to join you on this journey, that you're not just here to brag, right? There's a line that I love that you wrote where you said something along the lines of, you know, if you follow me, know this, I exalt every day. I get to spend on earth with my four also unlikely kids with my new career in books, author, podcaster, co-founder, publishing company, which feels like play every day. And just to live and breathe in a world in which another day is not foregone conclusion. I am so grateful. And I shout from the social rooftops. I am not bragging. I'm marveling. And I think there's such a fine line where people get so intimidated, right? A woman is looking at you and says, oh my gosh, look, she's so accomplished. How can I ever get to that point? And people like you and I resonate with you so much in this where we just want to be like, come with me. Right. Like I'm not your competition. And you know, if anything, I'm proof that it can be done. So talk about that, that intimidation women feel from another woman's success and how can we as a community really overcome that and empower each other?
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's in part on the shoulders of the more successful women to share. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like not. I I feel you know, I just pitched this movie star to be on the podcast. And the publicist wrote me back and said, no, like this this particular actor is not doing any publicity. Um, but perhaps they could come into your bookstore sometime and sign, but no one can know and whatever. I'm like, <laughs> what is that about? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Who, who why? She's writing a, a memoir. Like mm-hmm. what is she <laughs> so, aren't you to share? Right. Like you can't write a memoir and then not be willing to like share yourself too. It can't just be mm-hmm. in one thing. So I don't know. I think um I think in the corporate world for a long time, it was so sort of doggy dog culture and to be a really successful woman you had to sort of scratch a lot of cats along the way. I'm mixing all my analogies, but I I, I do think that there used to be, or when I was, you know, in the corporate world for the short time that I was, and it was not a happy place, like it's not where I thrive and I knew that quickly, Um, but you are in effect competing for slots. There are, have to like slowly go up the ladder and take someone's job and all of this and i think this that structurally women were in a way pitted against each other and so they just Mm -hmm. had to sort of fight it out right because there weren't as many opportunities and now i think there are so many opportunities for women that there's literally it makes no sense um to, to keep that level of competition and it just I think collaboration is the most powerful thing there is. I mean, my publishing company, that's the authors collaborate all the time. They've all become, not all of them, but many of them have become good friends and it lifts rising tide lifts all boats. So mm. um, yeah. And I think that the people watching the other women, like no one is a superstar. We're all dealing with all the same stuff like i look at celebrities and i'm like how do they do it like come on they're not really like getting their kids out the door to school they must have like eight thousand people and blah 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 yeah. or like you know they, I, I don't even know i just make all these assumptions like they can't possibly be normal mm. like i'm like nothing and, and other people would say that i'm not right. so, normal, I probably so um what i've imagined about your life and your chef and <laughs> Well, I do have a, I do have a chef. I, know, I would imagine. <laughs> I do have a chef.
0: <laughs> I would be really disappointed, Zibby. You have earned that chef.
1: I, I, I'm embarrassed to say that. I know. I'm oh my gosh. Like, Are you sure we need this? But she's so awesome. I love her I so love much. I
0: love that. Are you kidding? And you know, again, it's also one of those, like, why do we need to apologize? Why? Why? I don't know. Just... You know Zibby, here's the thing. You're creating a space for so many people, not just women, to, to lift them up. Like you just said, your publishing uh, company isn't just, it's not about you making money, making great, you know, publishing great books. You're here to create a community. Again, Mm -hmm. like you are so good at communities, communities, so that they can thrive. And then you thrive watching them thrive. It's like this, like this harmonious, like we're all just going up together. And I love that reciprocity. And I feel like that's where we get to indulge in all the success. And it's really to your credit. Thank you. It really is. I, you know, I want to delve into, there's so much I want to talk about. Um, just promise me we'll do more of these because I know you're <laughs> on time, but I feel like I could talk to you forever. Um, I'd love for you to talk to people who are looking to publish, myself included. I've, I've written so many books and threw them out and, you know, wrote a kid's book, presented it to my kid's class. And the teacher's are like, we're waiting for you to publish this. And I'm like, ah, hold on. We get that imposter syndrome, but more than that, I feel like it's so hard now to know what the right process is. And I have friends who, and I saw your post, I loved it, where you had like 9,000 or 900 or 90, I don't even know the number, but rejection letters. And you're like, look, here I am, I'm still doing it. Oh, let me read, let me read the, you know, Schusterman who basically told me to go, you know what? So talk to the people who are like, how do you really publish? Is it self-publishing? Is it, should I, you know, find one of these Sam cart courses that are like, we'll get you making 30,000 a month just by sitting there. What should someone do who's like I've got such great material, how do I make it
1: happen? What would you coach them on? Well, um I would first encourage them to show their work to somebody else before making a whole big career plan and going out and pitching people. I would start with your own community, show it to your writing group, take a class so you can workshop part of it, show it to somebody you know who's an editor, hire a freelance editor if you can. Um you know what you did in your kids class is perfect right you're you're essentially doing market research on the book and seeing how it lands and that's really important so i would just make sure you're putting your best foot forward or that you've taken the project as far as you as absolutely far as you can yourself um and then i would try to get an agent I mean, that's really the first step and agents really are looking for great people everybody's looking to work with great talented people so sometimes you have to pitch hundreds of agents and my friends last night told me that you know they wrote this historical novel based in the victorian era centered around like a financial crisis that took place you know there's like this Barn romance scene. I mean, it, and th- their fourth agent that they pitched after working on this book for twelve years said yes. Wow. And you just never know. Um, and then other people come on the podcast and they're like, "I I had a spreadsheet and I sent it to sixty agents and blah blah blah." So um, you know, I was rejected. I just did a presentation yesterday to an agent who pitched me a book for the publishing company who had rejected me as a client. <laughs> I'm just hilarious. like you're like, look you know, where we are now. Yeah. And she's not the first one. I mean, a, a lot of people didn't want to be my agent. And I was like, I promise, I promise <laughs> I can do it. Like, I know I don't, I can't, you know, just take a risk yeah. on me. So I have a fabulous agent. I love him. His name's Joe Feltree. but, um, but I had, I, a lot of people rejected me. A lot of editors rejected manuscripts of mine and you just have to like, just keep getting back up and then you try the next person and the next person. And if they reject you, then you're not, I mean, it's, it's an obvious point, but if they reject you, it's not the right fit. So you shouldn't have wanted to be with them anyway, because, you know, they don't like you. it's it's just not the right fit. Mm-hmm. So in th- instead of taking it too personally, I would try to go out. I would try to get an agent and um, I would keep working on your stuff, have a couple projects going at once um, in terms of self-publishing. I mean, I self-published a book a while back that I intended it to be a gift for a dear friend who was also having twins. Um, so like, I didn't need that for public consumption, but I self published that. Um, I think if you can get it traditionally, I guess it depends on your goals and what you want out of it. And then that's a whole, I mean, it's kind of a longer conversation traditional or not, but, um, I would try the traditional route first. Why not? See if you can get an agent see if you can get published. And there's always that as like a backup. Or if you decide you want that to be, I mean, some, there's this orthopedic surgeon I sat next to who's earned boatloads of money from self-publishing his books. And he's like, everybody should be doing this. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great advice. Great advice. One of the things I love about you
0: is your vulnerability and I know we're getting close to the end. I, I just, I, I won't sleep tonight if I didn't ask you this. So bear with me. Um, you know, and that's something that I struggle with being in, you know, you're in a public position and you have a family and you're, you have a, you know, a following as well as a private life and really keeping those two separate. I'd love to know, you know, one of the articles that I loved reading and I'm sure was hard for you to, to write about was the one about, it was called how relentless work masked my anxiety and ultimately hurt my health. Mm. And I was like, wow, she is just really putting it out there and how you were so addicted to the stress. And, you know, you, you use that as a way to cover so much that you wanted to, you realize you had to deal with internally. Where do you draw the line personally for yourself where you're like, this is too much sharing. My, you know, do you check with your husband? Do you check with your kids if they're comfortable with it? At what point do you draw that line and kind of walk me through that thought process?
1: Um, I do not post about my kids. I occasionally post like the backs of their heads or something like that or them from behind or they could be any kid, but um, I've done that from the beginning. Uh, if I write about them in an essay, I always ask them. <clears throat> so I'll forward them the articles and say, like, how do you feel about this? If I'm posting something about them or about anything related to them, I ask them, like mm-hmm. I was taking a picture of my computer screen in my son's room last night. And I'm like, are you okay with me taking a picture of this, like from this angle? And I ended up blurring the background out a little bit. And, um, uh, so it's up to them. If anything of, the, of theirs, I ask and, um, but I also, uh, I try, I, I, it's not like I'm trying to get away with mm-hmm. something, you know, like I, ch- chances are I won't put stuff in. I don't want them ever to feel embarrassed or exposed or, or any of that. So I might put the emotions of being a mom, but that's very different than talking about the actual kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'll say, I'll say how old they are, but I don't really like to share their names. So I'll say their ages and that's about it. You know what genders they are. As far as like your struggles,
0: you know, with that particular piece, you know, all the trying to, you know, please a, a father or, or make a father proud who had, you know, such a name in the community and being able to really live up to these expectations. And was that something that was hard for you to do as far as, you know, I, I don't want them knowing too much about my family life? And if you can also tell me, like, were, are you able to have, are you at the point where you feel like the plot? now you can really enjoy the plot, as you said, and, and really take in these victories and kind of pace yourself more. So I guess I have two questions. One is, were you comfortable being that vulnerable? And two, was it something now that you're, you, you put out a, a, a goal in a very public way? And are you able now to sort of live up to that and pause like you wanted to?
1: Um, I still like to keep stuff about my family private. I'm not one to go around, like, shouting about my family of origin, but I also am not... I'm very proud. Like, I'm proud of my family, very, very proud. I wrote all about it in my book, and so I'm not hiding it anymore. Um, But I also think uh, it's it's rarely relevant, you know? Like, I'm a 46-year-old woman. I don't have to keep talking about my parents. Like, how often do we all talk about our parents? So if it comes up, I'll you know, I'm not denying anything and I am who I am. And I've, you know, I'm very lucky and privileged. And I, I view giving back as as part of that, mm-hmm. um, an essential part of that. Um, and in terms of like living up to my goals, you know, I, as soon as I get close to a goal, I set a new one. Like I, I always have something else. And when I don't, I feel very, um ill at ease. Like my like my goal for so long was to get a book published. And when bookends came out, I had this moment of sort of like existential confusion. Like, well, that was my lifelong goal. Like now what? So I had to like find new goals. So now I'm
0: doing how that. has the goal been for your self awareness and and really being able to go at a pace that you aligned with your well being?
1: Um yeah. I, I have made changes so that I don't feel so run down. Um, Mm -hmm. I've learned what I need to do to take care of myself better than I did at the beginning. And I've really staffed, like staffed up, if you will. Like Mm -hmm. I have a fabulous team of really smart women and one guy, um, who, have great ideas and support me and, and help me do things so that I'm not feeling like I have to hold the whole company up myself. I mean, I, I still do a ton of stuff, but um, at least I have partners in it now, which makes me feel good. I love it. Okay. I'm going to end with this last one and then I'm going to leave you. I mean, for now, for now. Okay. okay. Um, I just
0: promise you when you're in LA, I, I'd love to, to know and come and just give you a big hug and a latte. that's great. (laughs) Um, What would you say is the most important value you want to instill in your kids? They're watching all of this and I know so much of it is for them, right? Where you're like, I want you to see you can accomplish anything and they're seeing you do it. What's the most important value you want to instill in in, in these kids? Empathy. Mm. I love that. I love that. I love that. Okay, well, thank you so much. And I end with, something you said where it's it's not the end it's it's just the beginning and i, <laughs> I, I wrote that in in your piece and that we're like well it's the end of motherhood now what do i do or it's the end of my and you're like no it's just the beginning and you can have a new beginning and thank you for taking us on your beginning because uh. <laughs> it opened the door for ours. it really it really has and we will be with you in every door you open cheering you on and uh, uh we're, we're there. We're on your journey. So thank, thank you for you. The space. We
1: well, thank you. It. And thank you for being so well prepared. You did so much research and reading and that must have taken a lot of time. And I really appreciate it. Oh, uh,
0: it's an honor and a, a pleasure to learn about you. You're fascinating and you're inspiring. So yeah, easy, easy peasy. Okay. I want to do this all day. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Have a great day and see okay. you. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Looking for more? Find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Rona Lalazari.